0: All right, good morning, glad tidings. This morning we are picking up on our third week of my mission, his mission. If you will turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew 24 and verse 14. A little context here. Jesus is uh, with his disciples. His disciples just asked them a very important question. They said, Jesus, when will the end come? And this was Jesus's reply He said "And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, ethnos, people groups, and then the end will come. Can I tell you this morning that mission or missions is not a part of the church, something we do on the third Sunday of every month missions is not a part of the church. It's the point of the church. It's the point of the church. Go and make disciples of all nations. The Greek word behind that word nations is ethnos, and it means people groups, all nations. There are 207 nations or countries on planet Earth, but there are over 16,000 people groups. So God doesn't call us to a country. He calls us to a people group. It's not about where you go. It's about to whom you go. And God is calling us all to reach the nations as his church. Can you say amen? Amen. There are seven billion people living on the planet today. That's unbelievable. Seven billion. Four billion of the seven are considered reached. That doesn't mean they have heard the gospel. It doesn't mean they're saved. It means they have access to the gospel. It means they have access to a Bible in their own language. They have access to a Christian. They have access to a church. They are considered reached. Four billion people are considered reached. Three billion people are considered unreached. I want to look with you this morning at a definition of what an unreached people group is. An unreached people group has less than 2% Christian population and are unable to effectively evangelize their own people. Unreached people groups have little or very restricted access to the gospel with little or no knowledge of who Jesus is. And in contrast, a reached people group will often have multiple ways of hearing the gospel multiple times. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Our mission at Glad Tidings, our mission vision at Glad Tidings is not to go after the reached, those who have access to the gospel. Our mission is to go after the unreached, those who do not have access. Last year, we gave about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to mission, and most of those dollars were to reach the unreached. But God has given us a half a million dollar vision for mission. I said last week, if we can give a million dollars a year to a building fund, certainly we can give a half a million dollars a year to reach the unreached peoples of this earth. Can you say amen this morning? So I want to look at what nations that we are reaching. Here's a picture of um, the world, Okay. And all the nations in red are nations that we are reaching, nations that we have an influence in. You'll notice that little window; it's called the 1040 window. I'm pleased to say this morning that most of our missions dollars, most of our reaching, is happening in that 1040 window. What is the 1040 window? It is. It is the. Uh, it lies 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator, and it is home to about two thirds of the world's population. It is the religious headquarters for Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. It is estimated that over 2 billion people live in the 1040 window and have never heard about Jesus. That's a big deal. So here's the big idea this morning. Are you ready? How are we going to reach the unreached? How are we going to reach the 3 billion people who have never heard the name of Jesus? This is what it's going to take. This is our vision. It's for the whole church to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our vision is for every single one of you to become what Todd called a global Christian. A global Christian. This means that every one of us prays, everyone goes, and everyone gives. That's how we're going to take this whole gospel, this whole gospel, not that Jesus only saves, but that he heals, that he delivers. That he empowers with the filling of the Holy Spirit. This whole gospel to the whole world. What if every one of us became global in our thinking? A global Christian. What if every one of us began to pray for the nations? Began to go to the nations and give towards the nations? What would that look like? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let's break that apart a little bit. Everyone prays. Everyone prays. I got a call from a friend this past week. He said, he said over the last two weeks after hearing Todd teach and preach, he said, he said, I became, he said, my heart changed towards the people that I have always despised. He said, pastor, he says, I have been praying for Saudi Arabia. God has given me a burden for a nation that I have always despised. He said, Pastor, I don't know what to do with it. All I can do is pray for this nation. How many of you know that if you want a burden for something, you start praying for that person? Jesus said to love your enemies. How do you do that? Pray for those that persecute you. Some of you husbands are here today and you're like, you know what? I don't know how to love my wife anymore. I don't even know if I love her anymore. Can I encourage you this in this? Husbands, pray for your wives. You begin to pray for them. God gives you a heart. God gives you a love again for that person. What are we going to do as a church? We're going to pray for the nations. Jesus said this. He said, my house shall be called a. Again, a house of prayer for all nations. The t- the context in which he said it was absolutely crazy. Jesus had walked into the temple that day and he saw what was going on and he took some cords and he made a rope out of the cords. Can you imagine Jesus showing up at Glad Tidings today carrying a whip? He walked into the temple with a whip. He started chasing people out. What? Chasing people out of the temple. He started throwing tables over. He was he was a passionate Jesus that day. Why? Because the church, the temple, the house of God was no longer a house of prayer for the nations. Can I tell you in these last days, God, by his Holy Spirit, is going to sweep through the churches in America with a a rope, with a whip. And he's going to clean house. Why? Because God wants his church to be a church, a house of prayer for all nations. God desires that the nations are able to come and worship, that the nations are able to come and to pray. And how many of you know God will do whatever it takes to see that happen? And that day he walked into the temple and and it was filled with animals they were selling for sacrifice. It was filled with money changers and and it was called a den of robbers. The church had been robbed of prayer. The first thing that we need to do to become a global Christian is to pray for the unreached. It's to pray for the unreached. And that's something we are going to be more focused on as we pray in our prayer meetings in the days ahead. The second thing that we can do is we can everybody goes. Not only does everybody pray, but everybody goes. So how's your going going? (laughs) What does that look like for me to go to the nations? Jesus said in John 20, verse 21, he said, go, I'm sending you. So the question is not if I am sent, but to whom am I sent? We've got some couples here at Glide Tidings I want to introduce to you this morning. The first is Jeremy and Melissa. We'll have a picture for you. There they are, Jeremy and Melissa and their family. They have just returned from their first two-year assignment in East Africa where they're a reaching an unreached people group. Two years there. They're back now. They're waiting on their final approval for their next assignment, which will be Japan. They're gonna to go to Japan and they're going to work with a an existing church there to reach the unreached peoples in Japan. We have another couple, Steve and Alicia. Steve and Alicia, they're members of Glad Tidings as well, and they're going to an unreached people group in East Africa. There they'll be working with a Live Dead team, teaching the teams at the Teams Community Center, and their fo- and excuse me, and their focus for the first two years will be learning the native language. And building relationships with locals in hopes of sharing the gospel and seeing a church planting movement started there in this unreached people group in East Africa. These are couples God is raising up from glad tidings. They're not from the East Coast, the West Coast. They're right here. They're homegrown. They are Omaha. They are glad tidings. And God is sending us to the nations. God is sending us. Everybody goes. By the way, both of those couples, they have tables out in the uh, lobby space today. Please get their prayer cards. Talk and visit with them this morning. How many of you know that God uses the most unexpected people at the most unexpected times to do the most unexpected things? I would have never guessed that God would have me do what I'm doing today. And you probably feel the same way about me doing what I'm doing. And eight years ago, I stood here and somebody sat there just like you're sitting. We had a big interview with the church and somebody asked, you know, what makes you think you can lead a multi, uh, a multicultural church being so white? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. And I said, I believe that God will bring the nations to Glad Tidings Church, not because of the color of my skin, but because the spirit of God is moving in this place. How many of you know it's not by might and it's not by white? (laughs) It's by my spirit, says the Lord. See, the spirit of God draws the nations. The spirit of God draws the nations. Todd was with us last week and he's not from a, a Pentecostal background. He asked, why are the nations coming to glad tidings? I said, the spirit of God draws them. On the day of Pentecost, there was 120 in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. They began to speak in tongues. They were filled. They were empowered. They came out. They preached the gospel to who? The nations. The nations were gathered in Jerusalem that day. Can I tell you, the Spirit of God will draw the nations. The Spirit of God will draw the nations to God. I don't know your culture Many different nations here today. I don't. I certainly don't know your language. But I know this. The spirit of God knows your language. He knows your culture. He knows how to talk to your heart. The spirit of God knows how to draw you. He knows how to clean you. Right. And the spirit of God bears witness with my spirit and with your spirit that you're a child of God. That's what the spirit of God does. Everybody goes. To whom is God sending you? To whom is God sending you? There are a lot of different ways that you can go and you can engage in our mission to reach the unreached. You can go to a class here at Glad Tidings. You can go to perspectives. You can go on a mission trip. You can go on a short-term assignment. You can become a career missionary and we'll help guide you through the process. You can go to the nations living right here in Omaha, Nebraska. My wife is a graduate student at UNO. There's over 120 nations there at UNO. And this past winter, she was in the office there and and she noticed this um, this student, this graduate student who always seemed to be downcast and 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 just kind of out of sorts. And she's noticed him for some time and. And he happens to be from the Middle East. And, she, and one day he, he seemed overly frustrated and agitated. And she just went up to him and said, Is there anything I can do to help you? Is there something you need? And he just began to just say, You know, I don't have transportation. And I don't understand how the buses work here in the city. And my phone isn't working. And I, I got to get my phone fixed. And I don't know where. And he and, and just kind of listed these practical needs. I don't know what to do. And she sat down with him and she got on the computer and they looked online and they figured out the bus routes and she explained how the streets in Omaha worked and where this grocery was and that grocery and just how to get about just practical things, just trying to understand what his needs were. And after their hour long conversation or so, they both got up and she looked at him and she said, she goes, from what I understand in your culture, this is how they greet somebody whose family And she stepped forward and she kissed him on one cheek and then she kissed him on the other cheek. And then he returned the greeting and kissed her on one side and then on the other side. And then he began to sob. He began to cry. He says, I've been in Omaha for six months and nobody has been kind to me. Nobody has been kind to me. Carrie came home that day from from work, school. I said, how was your day? She said, it was fine. I kissed the boy and made him cry. (laughs) To whom is God sending you? God is bringing the nations to Omaha. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34 how many of you know God loves the foreigner? He loves the immigrants. He loves the refugee. Right? He loves the, the alien. The Bible says, For the foreigner living with you must be treated as one of your native born. Love him as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Nations are sending their best students to America. Uh, They say it's for education. I believe it's for revelation. Reaching the nations here will help us to reach the nations there. We have a number of ministries that we partner with that are reaching the nations here so we can reach the nations there. And one of those ministries, of course, is called Embrace the Nations, led by our very own Pam Franks. If we can show that slide, Pam Franks leads the uh, Embrace the Nations, and the mission of the Embrace the Nations is to build relationships with the international refugees living here in Omaha. She has a presence now at three locations in North Omaha where they go in and they just, they meet practical needs of these refugees. They offer ESL classes and health classes and just basic skills classes and how to get around the city classes and just basic stuff. They're just loving them. This young man here, uh, his name is Mihai. How would you like a name like that? What's your name? Mihai. How are you doing today? Mihai. You know, I mean, what a great name. You know, I love it. He's one of the young men um, as part of that ministry of Embrace the Nations. And and they are discipling him. And he is crazy in love with Jesus. He is one of their interpreters. He's even sharing the gospel now. This is what happens when you embrace the nations right here in Omaha. Another ministry that we have that we partner with is called Global Friends. This picture that you're looking at is uh, Julie Arendt. She's the director of Global Friends, and it's a Christian-based campus and community organization that exists to meet the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of international students and scholars in the Omaha area. Their ultimate goal is to reach future world leaders that God is bringing to our city. Let me introduce you to one of those future world leaders that uh, came to know Christ under... Uh, global friends and his name is Damien. Here's a picture of Damien. You might recognize this young man as he's part of glad tidings. He came from Italy, uh, Catholic background. Uh, he didn't know Jesus as his savior. In fact, he didn't understand why Jesus died on the cross until he came to Omaha became a student here in Omaha, got connected with this ministry called global friends. They invited him and in, treated him like family and explained why Jesus had to die. It was there at Global Friends that he got saved. It was in Global Friends that he met his wife. And at Global Friends that he got introduced to Glad Tidings Church. God is sending the nations. He's sending future world leaders to Omaha so that we might reach them. The next ministry I want to tell you about is called Chi Alpha. It is our college ministry here at Glad Tidings reaching out to UNO. One of the most diverse places here in our city is is the campus of UNO. Uh, KaiaFA is a spirit-empowered student ministry devoted to reaching the most diverse student body in the region at UNL. KaiaFA is committed to seeing every student from every background and nation encounter and grow in a real relationship with God. Kevin and his wife... Kate Fox are there they are. They are leading us. We just launched this ministry this year. Um, and, and and Kevin and Kate are leading it, but it's a student ministry. It's a it's a student, it's a campus ministry at UNL. There's over thirty students already from several churches in the area that have come together to form this ministry, and they are going after the nations at UNO. I love it, I love it, I love it. To whom is God sending you? God's sending you to somebody to greet somebody with a holy kiss. <laughs> Be careful who you do that to. <laughs> you've got to understand culture and you've got to follow the spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't come next week and say, Pastor, I tried to kiss someone I got slapped. <laughs> uh, okay. Everyone prays. Say it with me. Everyone prays. Everyone goes. Everyone goes. And everyone gives. I want you to turn. Yes, thank you very much. Everyone gives. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Luke 12 and verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? And then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Verse 16, and then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many, many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. There's two quick lessons I want to point out to you that we learn about this man. First lesson is this. He never saw beyond himself. He never saw beyond himself. And the second lesson is he never saw beyond this world. He never saw beyond this world. The first lesson is he never saw beyond himself There is not another parable in the Bible which is so full of the words, I, me, my, and mine. This man had a surplus of goods, and the one thing that he never, that never entered into his mind, that never occurred to him, is that he should bless somebody with the blessing that he has received. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus never rebuked the rich for being rich? You need to hear that today. He never rebuked the rich for being rich. He only rebuked them for being greedy. The issue was not the blessing. The issue was not the fact that this man had received a good crop. The issue was not even that he built bigger barns. The issue was not even that he was storing his crops. Right? Remember Joseph? Joseph. For seven years received an abundance. For seven years received many, many crops. Joseph tore down barns. Joseph built bigger barns. But it wasn't what he did. It was why he did it. Joseph built bigger barns because he had a kingdom agenda. He had a kingdom agenda and it was to save the Jewish nation. Listen, when God blesses you, he blesses you to bless the nations. He told Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing to all the nations. He didn't just say, I will bless you, Abraham. You're my favorite, Abraham. I'm going to make an example of what it looks like to be blessed, Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to give you so much wealth, so many children. It's going to outnumber the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. I'm going to give you more than enough. I'm going to give you more than enough, Abraham. Why? Because I want you to bless the nations. This man had received more than enough. He tore down barns. He built bigger barns. Why? So he could eat, drink and be merry. And he was rebuked for his greed, not for his wealth. He never saw beyond himself and he never saw beyond this world. All his plans were made on the basis of life here on earth. Did you know that? That Christians spend more money on 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 dog food each year than they give to missions. Did you know that? I can use that excuse. I have a Saint Bernard. <laughs> should have brought the. Should should have got the, uh, you know, uh, the, the little dog, Shih Tzu or something like that. You know, little thing. Could have given more to missions. <laughs> we spend more on weight loss efforts than we give to missions. We spend more on life insurance and on identity theft insurance, stuff that we may never, ever use. Those are good things, but they're not completely necessary. If you go to globalrichlist.com you can actually put in you can go right now, get on your smart thing right now, and it, yeah. And, and, and global rich list dot com global dot com and you can look on right now you can put in your annual income and it'll tell you it'll compare your annual income to the to the incomes of the rest of the world it's amazing so i did a little research and discovered that here in omaha the average household income in omaha nebraska is $47,000 a year $47,000 a year and i put that into globalrichlist.com and globalrichlist.com says that you are in the top 0.37% of the richest in the world that's better than the top 1% 0.37% richest people in the world if you make $47,000 a year, wow, wow, wow. So here's, here's something that uh, Todd shared with us. I want to pass it along to you because I thought it was quite interesting. The wife of a Yankee baseball player, she wrote this. She said, my husband just signed an $89 million contract. How many of you think that's a lot of money? <sighs> I wish I could play baseball that good, huh? He had held out for a long while before signing, hoping that the management would match the 91 million offer of another team. The Yankees did not budge, and when I saw him walk into the house, I immediately knew that he had not succeeded in persuading them to move up from 89,000 million or 89 million, excuse me, to 91 million. He felt so rejected. It was one of the saddest days of our lives. Can somebody say pathetic? But what happens is it's never enough. Doesn't matter how many millions you make. You go to most countries of the world, tell them what your salary is and tell them that you're not happy with your income. They're going to do the same thing. They're going to say pathetic. Okay, I'm glad I came to church today. So here's our goal. Okay, right now we're giving about a a quarter of a million dollars to missions a year. We want to see that increase to half a million dollars a year. Why? Because we have a half a million dollar vision. We have a half a million dollar vision. And our goal over the next two weeks is to give $30,000 towards what we call a sending fund. God is raising up people like we just introduced to you this morning. Couples, uh, single people. He's raising up people who he's sending to the unreached peoples of the world. And we want to help send them. We want to launch them. To do that, we're establishing a sending fund over the next two weeks, beginning this morning, and an offering at the end of the service. We're going to collect an offering today. And next week, we're going to encourage you to give towards that. We want to reach that $30,000 goal and start sending those that God is sending. So what can you do? What can you do over the next 12 months to help us reach the nation's That's the question this morning. What can you do to help us reach the nations? I want to break down where our missions giving is is going. This is a good slide. You'll like this. Some of you go, well, where are those missions dollars going? Okay, five percent goes into a training fund to help train you to reach nations here and around the world. Eleven percent. This is a new thing we're starting. Eleven percent is this sending fund. Those who God is calling from glad tidings to go after the unreached. We want to help them get there. And then we have this huge thing called the supporting fund. This is where we're supporting 70 missionaries and ministries every month. So our monthly commitments are paid for out of the supporting fund. That's our biggest fund. And then we also have a project fund. 24% of our missions budget is on those projects that we do here in Omaha and around the world to reach the nations. That's where your dollars are going. There's lots of different ways that you can give to missions. You saw a great video earlier of how you can give. There's also a card in your pew that tells you the different ways you can give here at Glad Tidings. But there's one way I want to tell you a little bit more about this morning, and that is text to give. Let me show you this this slide. If you want to give a reoccurring missions gift every month, you can actually text to give and ask it to be a reoccurring gift. Uh, We were meeting with the pastors this week and as we do every week, and we were asking them, how do you give? And most of them use text to give. Because 100% of it goes towards the cause. 100% goes towards the cause. Text to give. You can give a one-time missions gift with text to give. Or you can give a reoccurring monthly gift to text to give. You can do that with your tithe. You You can text your tithe every month. You can make it a reoccurring gift. And here's how you do it. Text give, the phone number, enter two for missions, enter yes for reoccurring. Boom, it's done. I went on last night and I saw it, did it myself. Very, very cool feature. So you can do that right now. You can pull out your phone right now and say, you know what? I want to help Glad Tidings reach that $30,000 sending fund goal. Here's my $10. Here's my $1,000. Whatever I can do. Here's what I can do. In your bulletin, there is a card. Hey, this is where it gets really practical, right? Get it, Pastor? It gets really practical. And this is where I ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do over the next 12 months to help us reach the nations here in Omaha and around the world? There's a card in your bulletin. It's a commitment card. And I'm asking for a, not a 10 year commitment. I'm asking you to consider a one year commitment. What can you do over the next 12 months to help us reach the nation's? What can you do on a monthly basis for the next 12 months? You say, Pastor, I can't afford to give more than my tithe. The Bible says that we should give both our tithe and our offering. And an offering is anything we give above our tithes. So I would say this, don't steal your tithe to give to mission. Give your tithe first as the Bible instructs us, and then give your offerings on top of your tithe. May I encourage you this morning, there's about 150 of you who are in Financial Peace University. As you're working towards that $1,000 emergency fund, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? As you're working towards that $1,000 emergency fund, don't steal your tithe. Don't steal God's tithe. Don't steal God's offering to make that emergency fund. We've been through financial peace. Our family has. And when we were going through it, trying to establish that $1,000 fund, we kept giving to God because God is first in our lives. So I encourage you to do the same. So look at that missions card and, and what can you do over the next 12 months for mission? You can turn that card in today at the end of our service or you can turn it in next week. Some of you may need a little time with that or maybe talk to somebody else that you, uh, that you make those money decisions with. Don't you, don't you hate it when your spouse comes home and she goes, Hey, I bought a car today. I'm glad we talked about it, right? (laughs) You might feel that way about mission, right? Um, So if you need to go home and just process that with your family, um, our students are doing the same thing. Our, Our children are doing the same thing. What can you do over the next 12 months to help us reach the nations? And what can you do over the next two weeks to help us establish our $30,000 sending fund so we can get Steve and Alicia and we can get Jeremy and Melissa and we can get others that God is raising up to the places they need to go. I'm going to wrap it up this morning. I want to share this quote with you from Anley Stanley He said, This. He said, To reach the people that no one else is reaching, we have to do what no one else is doing. And for glad tidings, what does it look like for us to reach the unreached? It means that the whole church has to take this whole gospel to the whole world. How are we going to do it? Everyone's praying, everyone's going, and everyone's giving. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father in heaven, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you died for the nations. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to carry the burden of my sin, pay the penalty of my sin on the cross at Calvary. God, I could bask all day and thank you all day for what you have done for me. But God, I would be amiss if I did not take this good news and share it with everybody I come in contact with. And Lord, I just, I ask this for your church, Glad Tidings. God, that you would make us a global church. God, that you'd make each one of us global Christians. That we would pray for the nations and go to the nations. That we would give to the nations. God, help us to see Matthew twenty-four, fourteen become a reality. That this gospel of the kingdom would be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations then the end will come. God, we want to hasten. We want to quicken the return of Jesus Christ. But God, we know that you will not send your son back to the earth until all peoples have had an opportunity to hear this good news. So, Lord, we pray you would raise up all of us as prayers, raise us up as givers, raise us up as goers. God, I pray you would send more couples Across the ocean to the unreached groups of the world. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here today. Lord, we don't want to give reluctantly. We don't want to give under compulsion or manipulation. We want to give cheerfully as you lead us to give. And we thank you for this opportunity in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Did I call the ushers forward yet? Okay, ushers, if you would come, please. Thank you for helping me this morning, church. (laughs) Ushers are going to come. I encourage you, if you want to designate a gift to the sending fund, your missions gift to the sending fund, or if you just want to text mission this morning, it will go towards that sending fund. Also, if you would fill out that commitment card, place that in the offering this morning. You'll have an opportunity to do that again next week. But if you're ready to say, Pastor, here's what I'm believing God would give through me for the next 12 months. Please fill out that card if you would. You don't need to put your name on there. We're not going to call you, solicit you, uh, chase you down. Take away your vehicle if you don't pay your missions. We, We don't... We don't do that. This is between you and God, but we'd like to know what God is speaking to us. God bless you this morning. If you'd stand with me after you've been served the offering bucket, and I'm going to invite our prayer workers to come. If you would like prayer today, again, Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. So we encourage you to come for prayer this morning. God bless you.